Hello, and welcome to the Shifting Culture Podcast, in which we have conversations about the culture we create and the impact we can make. I'm your host, Joshua Johnson. Go to shiftingculturepodcast.com to interact or donate. If you're enjoying the show, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or review and share it with your network. It would really help us get more listeners. So thank you very much. Previous guests on the show have included Curtis Sargent, Eric Fish, and Sarah Bruhl. You could go back and listen to those episodes and more. But today's guest is Steve Addison. Steve is a catalyst for movements that multiply disciples and churches everywhere. He is an author, a speaker, a podcaster, a mentor to movement pioneers. We had a really fantastic conversation around movements, disciple-making, identity and calling, and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So enjoy the episode. This episode is brought to you by All Nations Kansas City. Have you ever felt wholly discontent that one-third of the world doesn't know Jesus, that the church as we know it won't reach all peoples on earth, and that it's hard to find ways to use your gifts for the kingdom of God? Well, you're not alone. We feel it too. With 30 years of experience igniting movements to Jesus around the world, committed to following the lead of the Holy Spirit, All Nations has gifted trainers and coaches with time in the trenches. Do you want to make disciples in hard places? Do you want to join a like-minded community? Are you tired of compromising for the status quo? Then join us on the leading edge. Go to allnations.us to learn more and to sign up for Summer CPX. CPX, or Church Planting Experience, is a three-week immersion in Kansas City that will equip you to ignite church planting movements among the neglected peoples of the earth. Join us June 5th through the 25th. This podcast is done in association with the MX Platform and 100M Publishing. The MX Platform is a space for any disciple to be resourced and equipped to release movement within your context. So whether you lead your family, a small group, or microchurch, or you're a planter or a pastor, you could find tools, resources, and training to help release potential within yourself and context. 100M Publishing publishes books by authors and thought leaders with new insight about movement DNA, discipleship, leadership, and movement dynamics. To learn more about these books and to check out the resources and training available, visit the mxplatform.com. Our guest in today's episode, Steve Addison, has two books published by 100M Publishing, The Rise and Fall of Movements, and Your Part in God's Story. So check those out as well. Now, on to the show. Well, Steve, welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to have you. Thanks, Joshua. It's good to be with you. Yeah, it's great. I w- I'd love to to really know your story of your fascination with movements and how did mm-hmm. that get started in your life and how did you start to delve into movement thinking and dynamics? So it, it all began in my garage back in, uh, I think it was 1988. And um, I was, uh, Michelle and I were planting a church we're in our second year mm-hmm. and it was going far better than we ever hoped or dreamed mm. uh, in terms of growth and impact. And, and then into that situation, the second year, we had a big church fight. Uh, yeah. I don't think you have those in America. but No, we don't have any church fights at all. Right. None of them. And, and God used that to rattle me and rattle my uh, view of my own competence as a church planter and leader. And really reworked my heart as we're trying (laughs) to sort this mess out that we've created. 
And uh, in the midst of, you know, extended times of just seeking God um, early in the morning in the garage uh, while I um, stoked up a little wood burner, um, the Lord just spoke into my heart so clearly, Steve, it's not just about one new church. It's about a whole new generation of churches. Mm. And that began my journey um, in not just as a practitioner, but also as a reflective practitioners in the scriptures and church yeah. history and the like to try and understand, you know, the dynamics of movements that multiply disciples and churches. Mm, that's great. So as you you walk through that and started to be a practitioner in it, and then you started to reflect on what does it look like? What are some of the, uh, the common themes that you found in movement that really catalyze movement? Okay. Well, there's some surprising ones. You know, we can give you some written books on the characteristics <laughs> of dynamic movements and the life cycle of movements. But, you know, after about 30 years of reading, writing, reflecting, acting, um, I've really camped on this whole story, believe it or not, Jesus as a movement pioneer hmm. um, between his private life in Nazareth and the launch um, of the movement, you know, as he steps into Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, and and the two stories there are his baptism yep. and his wilderness testing. Yeah. And realizing there's something at the very heart of before we get to strategies and characteristics and all, what's going on here? You know, and I, I just sort of concluded and reflect on my own experience. The father is bringing Jesus to that point of surrender and obedience to, to the father's living word. Yeah. That's happening, you know, as he speaks at the baptism in the wilderness temptations. Um, he's uh, Jesus is going deep in his dependence upon the Holy Spirit. He doesn't even get born without the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. Spirit comes upon him at his baptism. The Spirit casts him into the wilderness. He returns to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And then finally, it's the core missionary task. You know, at the very center of the meaning of Jesus' baptism is his commitment to go to the cross, hmm. uh, to, to carry, to bear our sins, to experience God's judgment against evil, and to call people to repentance and hmm. faith. And this is it, you know, the enemy is trying to distract him yep. from those things, you know, make it about the bread, Jesus, you know, if you can give people bread, they'll follow you, make it about the power encounters and miracles, you know, mm -hmm. now he loves feeding people and yeah. he loves doing miracles, but the enemy's twisting this to get it away from the core mission and then mm -hmm. Finally, you know, go after political and cultural power. Bow down to me and you can rule, mm -hmm. you know. The kingdom will come through uh, restructuring of society, all of these things. And, and Jesus says, no, I've got an alternative. I'm going to the cross for the sins mm -hmm. of the world. Wow. And I realized in the, the, that time of, of, you know, there was a real powerful call for yep. Michelle and I out of that church plant about a year or two later into now the the job is 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 to fuel movements we sort of had our you know god spoke we heard and we we went out compelled by the spirit hmm. and i i forgot about you know after the the <laughs> the mountaintop comes the testing 
Yep. And we had a couple of tough years, you know, of, and especially for me, my identity in, in the calling where God's refining that he's teaching me about his word, his spirit, the core missionary task. He's writing that on my heart. That was the big surprise looking back uh, over the 30 years or so, the degree to which God is shaping the practitioner in who, in their identity. Yeah. And then out of that flows strategy jesus had strategies you know he raised up pioneering leaders he connected with people far from god you know Mm. uh, everything was uh, reproducible and transferable all of those practical things but they flowed from his identity yeah word spirit core missionary task Uh, yeah so that's what we can talk more about the strategy stuff and the characteristics but i i I'm more and more I'm camping there. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say about that is you don't just get that in the prayer retreat or even in the, you know, the, the tough experience. You also get that as you go. Yeah. But when he calls, and this is how Jesus trains leaders, you know, just two requirements, guys, come follow me and I'll teach you how to fish for people, yeah. how to make disciples. Yeah. And you think, well, why didn't he get all that inner stuff sorted Mm. first before, you know, he sent them out or before? Well, often the two, you, you, the, those deeper things in us occur as we're pursuing movements. Mm. Yep. They, it's not just a chronological thing, you know, stop here, you Mm. know, just, Pray and fast, and you'll be holy, and then the breakthroughs will. No, no, no. Just start. Go play yeah. to church, Steve, <laughs> and get yourself into some trouble. And then I'm going to come and I'm going to um, drill down, not just here, but for the next couple of years, I'm drilling down while yeah. you're a builder's laborer, while while yeah. you keep having children, while you have no money and have to trust <laughs> me day by day. I'm yeah. drilling down. And that prepares for the next breakthrough yep. in terms of implementing the strategies. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I have been really working through this identity uh, issue as well of like, this is the core thing. This is it is your identity and your calling. And that is, you know, back to who you are in Christ, that we are, we're beloved children of God, right? That, the father said to Jesus, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. He knew that. Um, and he was yeah. then able to go into the, the desert and the wilderness. And I have found, you know, in ministry, when people aren't secure in their identity and in their calling, um, they, one, they focus too much on all the the frills and the the extras of movement that are exciting. And when things get difficult, they just decide to bow out and they're they're done you know um and so to to actually go the long haul and to be really incarnational with people and then walk through and catalyze movement that identity and calling is crucial it's yeah 100 crucial and we need it yeah and that's the foundation to do all the very good work in terms of best best practice strategies um and it's, it's, if you can imagine, um, you know, because at times I say, Lord, you know, we've been around this mountain like 
and no, I've surrendered, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's going to drill it a bit deeper. But then there are other times where that's not so much mm. the issue. Even though it's the most important thing, there are other times where we've just got our, our sleeves rolled up and we're working flat yeah. out. Yeah. Um, and and so and you see this pattern in Peter, for instance. You know, we've got a good case study in Peter because we see him from the beginning, you know, right through to his epistles. So we get a sense of, mm. you know, even after he's trained by Jesus, he knows his identity. Um, the spirit comes upon him at Pentecost. He preaches that incredible message. He he's the leader, leading, founding leader of the first church in Jerusalem. You know, the parent yep. of all the other churches. But he's still clueless <laughs> at um, at Cornelius's house. Yeah. <laughs> until and so the Lord's just saying, well, at least you're on the road, Peter. Yeah. You're not just in your pastor's office, <laughs> senior, <laughs> global senior pastor or something. Yeah. You're on the road. Mm. And there he is in, 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 in Joppa. Um, and the Lord's, it, this is not, the Gentile mission is not Peter's idea. Yep. You know, this is, there's a crisis encounter <laughs> and, and a freeing of Peter to, to finally he sees it. And this is 10 years after Great Commission and Pentecost. Mm. So we should continually expect the Lord to be working on the identity side, but yeah. also there's going to be some blockages in the strategy side. Mm. Why isn't why aren't we seeing the breakthroughs? Yeah. What is it we're missing, Lord? Yeah. And um, I think that and, that comes to the importance in Peter. Peter yeah, he misses up. it. Uh, but the importance of Peter there is rooftop experience is I, I want to hear from you, Lord. So he's hearing yeah. God's voice and he's acting upon it. You know, Paul. And finally. Remember, fi finally. 10 years before. <laughs> yeah. And then Paul. <laughs> now I know, he says. Now I know. <laughs> yeah. So as we're, we're walking through, what is that importance of hearing, hearing God's voice, um, following the lead of the Holy Spirit within movements that uh, is it just, hey, let's implement these these strategies or what is that role of God's voice and the leading the Holy Spirit in the midst of it? Well, I think the first thing is um, if you want to be growing in your intimacy with God, your discipleship, you better be obeying what you already understand. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so like Peter, Peter, come follow me. I'll teach you how to fish. Let's go do something. Hmm. And you're a mess. <laughs> That's right. We'll sort that out on the way. So you better be engaged. Yeah. Um, the other thing is you better be, uh, you better uh, allow the living word of God, the scriptures um, to so form you, you know, I'm back in the prophets at the moment. Uh, and, and you see how much, of what Jesus said and did were grounded in the scriptures. Yeah. He lived them out. And so even there are all these echoes throughout what he says or direct quotations. So if you want to hear from the spirit, you better be in the word that the spirit inspired. Yeah. And it's as people are engaged in the mission, open to God's shaping, deep in the scriptures, you step out into situations or you allow God to show up in mm. situations. There's a false understanding 
of the Spirit's voice that's devoid of the scriptures and devoid of the core missionary task. And so it's a divine dictation thing, which may <laughs> or may not be right on. I'll, yeah. I'll give you an example. Yeah. How long does it take between when the Spirit comes in power and the gospel hits the streets at Pentecost? What do you reckon? Well, it doesn't, Five I minutes mean, or it doesn't minutes. seem that long. <laughs> yeah. There's no, we just need to camp here 24 7, prayer and worship. <laughs> People will come from around the world and we'll have these great experiences. And, you know, Jesus returns to the, to Galilee in the power of the Spirit yeah. and he starts proclaiming the gospel and casting out demons. Mm -hmm. And there's, so we've got to make sure if we're, if we're expecting the Spirit to guide, and yet our whole experience is about let's lock it away in the sanctuary. Yeah. Let's have another experience with God. Well, Jesus rolls his sleeves up and says, let's, let's, let's go. You know, we will retreat for prayer, but it's, we're in a war. We're in a battle. Yep. So you've got to hold these three things that are really one thing. The living word, the Holy Spirit, the core missionary task, and they're talking to one another. Mm. Um, whereas for some people just being, you know, I'll just pray. And now I should talk to the lady. and this happens, this happened to me, you know, there's the lady in the brown coat and you're sharing the gospel. <laughs> it's incredible. I had a friend, he saw, had a dream. He, um, the next day he meets the guy, leads mm -hmm. him to the Lord. And I said, Rod, um, what happened next? What do you mean? <laughs> well, what's the discipleship plan? Yeah. Well, I God led. I my job was just to. Well, no, that's that's not how it happens. Yeah. You, you've got to baptize the guy, and you've got to teach him to follow everything that Jesus commanded. So, how is he going to be in discipleship if you walk away? And said, so, but but the Spirit led. Yes, he did. But the Spirit <laughs> speaks through the Word. Yeah. And your job's not done just because someone prays a prayer. So, anyway. that's good. I mean, I've seen that so many times as, you know, evangelists go out saying that my job is only just to proclaim the word and then I I leave. Um, and then on the back end, talking about discipleship, like where are they plugged in? How can they grow as followers of Jesus? Um, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why we need each other and we need community as we go out and it's not just an individual task right it's a uh, a task for the body of christ as we're yeah. we're embodying it, jesus it, to the world every disciple is called to make disciples yep and the role of the evangelist will get some of the rest of us out there yeah. teach us show us because you know the gifts are given to equip the body for the ministry Yep. So we can't just say, well, my, my, no, my job's evangelism. I don't make disciples. Mm -hmm. Everybody's called to make disciples. And so, you know, as far as Luke's concerned, you don't count them if, 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 uh, if they haven't repented and believed, they're baptized, and they're in some sort of uh, discipleship community, yep. learning to follow and obey. Remember, mm -hmm. it's follow me, I'll teach you how to fish. And that promise is to every disciple jesus will teach us how mm. to fish and you say well that's the gift of evangelism no no mm -mm. evangelists are some of the worst disciple makers 
you know, they're there to, to help us get into the field, to, to, to model how it's done, to help us overcome our fears. But those evangelists, if, if they want lasting impact, they've got to learn um, how do I build a team? How do I train believers so that this becomes a disciple-making movement? Yeah. I've got a Latino guy, he's Argentine, uh, Augie Martin, and you know, over a number of years, he shifted from evangelist mm. to an apostolic ministry of mobilizing and multiplying churches. Mm. And the key in the transition was when a brother, Troy Cooper, sat him down and said, well, how many can you lead to the Lord? <laughs> or, you know, yeah. we call him Augie. In a, in a year, and I could probably lead a thousand people to the Lord. Well, how big's the vision? Well, it's a billion Latinos. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Augie, how's this going then? <laughs> and he was devastated to realize that he could lead a thousand people to the Lord mm. every year and and still not get the job done. Mm. And, and that's when he learned to leverage that evangelist yeah. gift and add to it training and multiplying disciples. Mm. So then how is, as we're discipling people and we want to see something multiply, how, what are some good steps to be able to disciple through other people so that they can start to disciple others as well? Hmm. Well, it's just what we see Jesus doing. Come follow me and I'll teach you how to fish. Um, and so that following part, they're not following us. We're yeah. teaching them through discovery in the scriptures to follow and, and obey the Lord Jesus. We're not even teaching them to make disciples or to fish. Um, we're, we're taking them into those environments in their relationships or uh, with uh, people they haven't met before, doing what Jesus did. Because, you know, I'm, I am a very reluctant evangelist. My, yeah. my favorite place in the world is a library, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but this is what's changed me. You get into the harvest or you take a new disciple into the harvest or you help them share with their friends and family hmm. and they will meet Jesus there because that's the promise. As you go making disciples of the nations, hmm. I'll be with you. Yeah. And it's encountering, seeing what hmm. Jesus does, even through, you know, our, our trepidation and our, I don't know what to say and all of that, but he shows up. And there's, you know, there's nothing that you can train people, you can model, but yeah. what really gets them there is that encounter of the living Lord amongst mm. lost people, you know, his compassion. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of an example, you know, of a great disciple maker, um, Don Waybright. He's, um, he's part of Reach the Rest. It's a mission agency. Uh, he has a number of fields he works in. One is his Texas prison system. Yeah. You know, so he's saying to me one night, Steve, I'm gonna, I've, I've got a bunch of murderers. <laughs> I'm going to be a son. I said, why are you choosing murderers? He said, well, the great thing is, you know, they've got 25 years or more. <laughs> They're going to continue this ministry in the prison. It's all led by new believers. Mm, yeah. You know, the discovery groups, the baptisms you've got, yeah. um, you know, you've got African-Americans baptizing converted white Aryan nation guys. Wow. That's beautiful. And um, 
you know, you've got guys solitary confined. Well, how do they hear? So, well, they're all got, they're all in their cells at night, but they can yell out. Hmm. And, wow. and when there's a believer there, they're yelling out at night and, 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 and men are turning to the Lord. Hmm. And so you've got immediately someone comes to Christ. Um, you have to teach them to be in the scriptures, learning to follow Jesus and allowing him to teach them to fish for others. It, mm. That's what it means to be a disciple at the yeah. heart of it. Yeah, and, and it's beautiful. It sounds like, you know, as Jesus was taking his disciples, a lot of that discipleship and the learning to fish for men happened along the way on the journey as they're walking together. Um, it yeah. wasn't saying, hey, let's go have this nice little training uh, off to the mm -hmm. side and have this training weekend so that you could be able to do it. It's on the journey, on the roads with what they're doing. It seems to me like, you know, when Paul in Second Timothy 2, 2, when Paul tells Timothy, the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, trust reliable people mm -hmm. also be able to teach others. Yeah. He's saying, hey, everything that you have heard me say when you were with me in ministry, as we're walking together the last two years, as I've been doing this, now then pass it along. He's been he's been discipling and training and coaching this whole time with Timothy. Um, mm. How can we we get to that place? I think, I mean, I'm now in this. I was in the Middle East. I had a lot of time. We had time was on our side. Right? I worked with a refugee population, Syrian refugees, that we had plenty of time to sit in living rooms and do yeah. ministry along the way. Um, I now live in the West and mm. in this Western context, people are always say, I don't have enough time. Um, we aren't mm. prioritizing actually doing life together, walking along the way and and discipling in context. We're relegating it to, uh, you know, training sessions on the weekends and not ministry in our everyday life. How can we reorient ourselves that we can be along the way type of people? I think start small. Um, you, you, you know, there's, there's some great training out there from the different streams of yeah. people engaged in disciple making movements. So just start with a very simple approach. Um, whether they're a believer or not yet believer, just start doing the stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, can be I, my first sort of group like that. There were just three of us. Um, and so start somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I, I often say to pastors, you know, um, what uh, you know, they say, well, I'm just so busy, et cetera, et cetera. And I say, well, have, have you got an hour and a half? <laughs> so what could you cancel in your week to commit, you know, an hour yeah. and a half to be with people far from God, sharing the gospel, making disciples? Mm. Start with your family network, your neighborhood, or see if God would lead you to, um, uh, you know, some unreached people in, in your vicinity. Mm. Take someone with you. Just start doing it. Mm. Now, what I don't tell them is as they persist and God works in them, that'll raise big questions about what they're going to do with the rest of their life. <laughs> not, not for everyone, but for yeah. some. 
But yeah. let it be off the back of what they're seeing God doing. And as they're taking steps of obedience and they're reflecting on the word and they're seeing the spirit at work. Okay. How do I build off this? Yeah. Rather than, Oh, I've got to restructure my church mm. and all, all of, all of my life, you know, just, yeah. um, you know, for, for me, for many years, it was uh, get involved in my wife's uh, uh, English conversation class, mm. just locally here. Yeah. Um, you do that for an hour and a half, all of a sudden, you know, somebody's eyes are popping because you're, we, yeah. we did some discovery with those folk and, and, and you're putting in, <laughs> I'm going to follow up. I'm having coffee <laughs> with that guy or we're going to go visit that couple. Yeah. And it's not that we've restructured our lives. It's just God's at work. So let's start following that, mm. but get some essential training from, you know, you've probably got. Uh, training that from time to time yep. you recommend to people um, get us a, a partner in this or a small group and start doing something and carve off uh, a, a slice of your life yeah. um, you know that's sustainable and realistic but then see what God does yeah that's good my wife often says that the first time that she really found God's heart for missions, that he was a missionary God, that it was a it was a time of repentance for her. That was one of her her repentant moments that she was able to change her mind and go a different direction and go down this missionary road because she said, Oh, I, I want to be a part of what God is doing on the earth. And that's what one of the things that I, I love about the, the journey you take people on in your book, uh, your part in God's story, is you're actually taking people into this this metanoia moment that you're actually turning people's minds uh, to the fact that they have a part to play, that there is something tangible that they could get a hold of and that they could, it propels them into to mission. And I love that aspect of that. Um, what, what brought you to that, that journey to, to help mobilize people uh, into mission mm. through this repentant process? Well, it was one of those aha moments. That's, I don't know if you ever have them, but um, I and I think, did the Holy Spirit change the scriptures overnight? Did he add that verse? You know, I didn't <laughs> see it before yeah. these last 50 years, you know. And the aha moment was Jesus risen from the dead. Yeah. Motley bunch of failures in front of him. <laughs> and what does he do? He's the risen Lord. You know, we just want to hear you speak, Jesus. And he says, yeah. no, let's get out our Old Testaments, <laughs> the Torah and, and the Psalms and the prophets. And I'm going to take you from, you know, Genesis to Malachi. <laughs> and I'm going to show you the significance of, you know, my, my suffering and my resurrection mm. and the foundation for the core missionary task. That's what he does in Luke yeah. 24. So it's there in the whole sweep of scripture, except now we can go all the way to Revelation. Yeah. And this is the foundation in the scriptures that Jesus lays to prepare them for the coming of the Holy Spirit and the launch into a world mission. And so I thought, well, if this was a good idea for the first <laughs> disciples, maybe it would help me. And I just started working through the scriptures. Mm. And out of that, I wrote um, your part in God's story. Mm. Um, that we and, and we go from Genesis uh, to Revelation 
just choosing, dropping, as, as Jesus did, uh, yeah. I'm not saying he wrote the book, but the same <laughs> idea, dropping in on key passages and texts, yeah. key stories, some of the Psalms and the like, all the way through to Revelation. Mm. Just a discovery in, in those passages yeah. and then a reflection of yeah. what's this saying to me about who God is and my part in mm. his story. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of? I don't I hope you find this this is a, a big compliment, but the Jesus Storybook Bible. Um, because after every story in the Jesus Storybook Bible, it points to Jesus. There's Jesus mm. is coming. Um and it says, but the story is not over yet. There's something else. Mm. And then, you know, you have your little phrases at the end of uh, every one of your chapters that there is, you know, something to be engaged in. Um, it was, and so I love that, you know, my, I have some friends who really were discipled through, you know, a dinner table, uh, around a dinner, dinner table, reading the Jesus storybook Bible, Floyd McClung brought it out, um, mm. and discipled our friends through it. Um, and that's actually how they got launched into a life of, of missions yeah. work. Um, and it's just discovering Jesus in simple ways and stories and knowing that, hey, yeah. he's calling these people. He's also calling you. You have a part to play in it. And it's beautiful. Yeah. And it's a shift from this idea that it's all about me. Yeah. And Jesus is my tool to fulfill my dreams and visions. <laughs> and he's like, if if I could just if I could just get Jesus to support what I want to do. And it's a wonderful way to let God erode that. And we become captivated with him and his purposes right throughout the whole story of scripture and culminating in the Lord Jesus and ultimately in his, his return. And you think, wow, you know, in one sense, it's very humbling to realize it's not my story. Yeah. It's his. Mm-hmm. And in another, in another part, it's it's very um, exciting because he's called me to play a part in yeah. his story, so that that becomes central. Yeah, and great if you can do it uh, with some others. You know, there's some discussion questions and ways you can do that. But I'd say anybody who's got a heart for disciple making movements, church planning movements. If you want to be in this the whole rest of your life and sustain this, you've got to allow Jesus to take you from Genesis to Revelation and understand mm. the foundation here, yeah. both head and heart, yeah. um, as, as you're engaged. Because sooner or later, if it's just resting on your battery, your determination, yeah. it's not enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. But, but the resources are there in God's word. <laughs> that's spirit right. Will make it alive. You know, and we also, you know, especially with uh, disciple making movements, church planning movements, we, we, I think there's a lot of people that like to be involved in this. As uh, I don't know, I'm a, a futuristic thinker, right? I, I like to think mm-hmm. about what's next and where we're headed and how can we grow and innovate and move forward. But I think. A lot of that innovation and growth is is going to happen when we actually go back to our foundations and are rooted yeah. back in, yeah. you know, the early church and what we we saw uh, happen there and what Jesus and the Holy Spirit was doing back then. As you've been walking through mm. the book of Acts, what have yeah. you been seeing as foundational for us moving forward? 
Well, certainly um, I, I could go back over what we're talking <laughs> in terms of Jesus' identity, word, yeah. spirit, core missionary task. And he revisits all of that in chapter one. Yeah. You know, laying the foundation. Just let me remind you guys <laughs> what the mission is. Yeah. This gospel, you know, for repentance and the forgiveness of sins, it's going to the ends of the earth. Yeah. The Spirit's coming to empower you, the whole, the, every disciple to be to be mm. a witness. Um, so, you know, find your foundations. You know, what's the fruit of this great work of the Spirit? And, mm. and the proclamation of the gospel in Acts 2, yeah. well, it's right there. This is, this is community. It's not just individual salvations. They're yeah. baptized into the body of Christ, and churches are formed. You know, there was one church in Jerusalem, and there were probably hundreds of churches in <laughs> Jerusalem because yeah. they couldn't always meet in the temple unless they wanted to end up in jail. So they're meeting house to house, yeah. being the church. But it doesn't just lead to 3,000 disciples. It leads to literally hundreds and ultimately thousands of yeah. new communities of disciples. And, you know, so getting the mission, Westerners have, have for 100 years have been debating what our mission is, and they still don't know. <laughs> they still don't know. It's Isn't so right foggy there? and confused, <laughs> vague and abstract. Mm. And Jesus makes it really concrete. If you read one and two, jump over to um, Acts 13 and 14, it's bracketed. Hmm. Up here, the Holy Spirit calls Paul and Barnabas, sets them apart for the work. Yep. Well, what's the work? What's the mission? Well, 13 and 14 explain what the work is. Hmm. And then the, the other book is at the end of 14, it says, when they had completed the work. Mm. Well, what did they do? 13 and 14. Read those chapters. That's our mission. Mm. Uh, they entered unreached communities. They proclaimed the gospel. Um, they made disciples. They formed disciples into new churches. They circled back and appointed godly leaders. Yeah. And then they complete. Well, the work's not done. The whole region's not. No, no. But that apostolic pioneering work is complete. You can finish yep. it. Yeah. And move on. Um, so, I think there's, you know, it's a real clarity about the mission. I think um, I was I was captivated in chapter two the way the Spirit comes upon every believer, mm. men and women, slave and free, young yeah. and old. Every believer is empowered for what? To proclaim God's glory to the world, Yeah. to prophesy. And it's not just, oh, uh, Joshua, I see you're going to, you know, you should have another child. You and your, I don't even know if you're married. It's, you know, prophecy can be like that. Yeah. But in, in Acts 2, it's, it's that proclamation to the world of the glory of God. Yeah. Um, and so every believer is empowered with inspired speech that come. Think, well, and why, mm. the, why the tongues thing, Steve? You know, um, why were they speaking in tongues? There are all sorts of signs that could have come. Well, on this one occasion, there was miraculous understanding. But that doesn't seem to be the pattern since then. So why tongues? 
Well, God's just writing it on every believer's heart or everyone who, who speaks in tongues. Mm. But this is going to the nations. Remember, they're yeah. Jews. What are we, Jabinari, <laughs> Arabic or whatever, the Persian yeah. or whatever, Farsi, I don't know. Um, so God's sort of writing his heart mm. into this whole thing, and, and, and we can miss that. So a revival meeting is not enough. An auditorium filled with 20,000 people is not yeah. enough. You know, lifting your game by 2% is not. This gospel is going to every place and every people group. Mm. Yeah. That's why you're speaking in tongues. <laughs> to remind you. Yeah. It's about the nations. Mm. You're getting me excited, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> you're getting me excited look the other big surprise in in acts is god's in the driver's seat god the father son and holy spirit they just keep popping up you know we are too impressed with our ability to analyze the times to come up with strategies to, out, to think, you know, people say, yeah. oh, here's Steve and some other thought leaders. And I go, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, my best thoughts, I'm, I'm certainly no better than the Apostle Peter, clueless regarding <laughs> the Gentile mission until yeah. God shows up. You know, I'm no smarter than Paul. I mean, he's not just clueless, he's evil yeah. until Jesus intervenes. Yep. Um, so you go through the book of Acts, look not just for the Spirit, but the risen Lord Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit. Mm. It's his show. It's yeah. his mission. And, um, you know, that, that ought to be written on our hearts. Mm. Um, now, then the other big surprise for me is the degree to which he's shaping the lives of his messengers. And he's even leading them into chaos and trouble, <laughs> revealing their weakness yeah. so that they might display his glory. Mm. You know, uh, Paul, uh, we're just going to drop you into prison in Caesarea where you'll just be forgotten about for two years. <laughs> and then you'll be in this tr lovely trip to Rome where there's a shipwreck. Yeah. And you'll be in Rome for maybe another couple of years just whiling away your days, sharing the gospel with the Praetorian Guard and Caesar's household and all of that. Okay. But this incredible man of God ministering in chains. Yeah. You know, um, and yet God fulfills his purposes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he does. He gets the job done. Yeah. So this, that's what I'm learning in Acts. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. I love that. You know, as you're looking around the world to the ends of the earth, is there mm. anything that gets you excited right now? What's getting you excited about what God's doing yeah. on the earth? Well, I live for, we had the world's longest lockdown here in Melbourne, Australia. Yeah. For a city. Yeah. Uh, and that was that was tough, and there are other things going on. But but I lived off the memory of we just had, mm. you know pre COVID. I just come back from a trip to Africa, South Africa, and Uganda. Yeah, and to be with the brothers and sisters there, you know, we we're training. We we're really more helping them to train their people yep. and go get the job done. And you know, just thinking, you know, I don't know if they're there yet, but eventually there'll be over a billion Af Africans, sub-Saharan yeah. Africans, mm -hmm. and they're they're the future. Yep. You know, I hope. 
hop on a plane. Now my first flight tonight <laughs> after two years of lockdown. Um, and I'm off to Greece where we'll be meeting with some leaders from around Europe. And it's hard going yeah. in Europe. Yep. Uh, but uh, but the people are in the field. Uh, they may not consistently get to multiplication, but consistently people are coming to Christ and going into discipleship in a hard yeah. field. Yeah. And then I'll be somewhere in Eurasia uh, where, you know, in the Muslim world, it's just we, you know, David Garrison says we, we in 1,400 years of the history of Christianity and Islam, yeah, uh, we have never seen anything like the movements we're seeing right now. There's still yeah. it's a huge task. There's probably a billion Muslims in the yeah. world, but well, there will be pretty soon. <laughs> but there are multiple movements in multiple fields around the world. Um, and so I say to people, if you're worried about your kids and grandkids in the West, don't worry. Because if you don't reach them, the Nigerians will come and do that. Yeah. Or the Persians, the Iranians, <laughs> or the Chinese. Yeah. Because now we're in a global church. Yeah. And... Okay, so far the sun is setting on the west. Yeah. But but God God is at work. Mm. He's still doing. You know, that's why yep. Acts finishes without a proper finish. We're just yeah. we don't even know what happens to Paul. Cuz Luke's saying the story doesn't end. Yeah. What happened in the book of Acts can happen today. Mm. Um, yes. and so yeah, that's what yeah. I'm excited about. Yeah. What happens in the book of Acts can happen today. Amen. Uh, two uh, questions at the end here. One, if you could go back to your 21-year-old self, what advice would you mm. give? Marry Michelle. <laughs> Which I did. You were, I just actually, the last the last person I interviewed was David Garrison. And uh, David Garrison uh, had the same answer. He said he would marry his wife sooner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's mm. interesting. Mm. I think the other piece would be just looking back on, especially the next 20 years, um, was hang in there. Don't be surprised because I, I have a background with depression. Yeah. And that played havoc for, you know, quite a bit of my life. <laughs> and yet at the same time, it was God's gift. Mm. You know, it's no longer dominates my life like it has in the past. But yeah. so when when nothing makes sense, just you know, hang on to Christ crucified, Christ risen, Christ coming again. Hmm. If even if the whole world says that's a lie, and all your experiences, you know, yeah. it's worth hanging hanging on to Christ. Yeah, that's that's yeah, yeah. and Mary Michelle. <laughs> That's good. I realize not everybody. Can uh, uh, what's uh, anything you've been reading or watching lately that you could recommend? Look, I'm reading a wonderful, just entry-level commentary on Revelation at the moment by Craig Keener, who's mm -hmm. one of my favorite. And he's a big heart and practice in missions, but he's also yeah. one of the world's great New Testament uh, scholars. So mm. that. 
that's really nourishing my soul and disturbing me at the same time. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> beware let me warn you don't read the prophets or revelation <laughs> yeah <laughs> all of a sudden you realize you know so that that's that's been a real a real blessing mm. and and anything craig keenan some some of them are like two volumes on the gospel of yeah. john but he has such a sharp mind and a warm heart mm. so that's that's what i'm on it's great well, Steve, uh, it was just uh, uh, great to talk to you today. So thank you so much. I loved uh, hearing the foundations of what it actually looks like to to ground ourselves in identity and calling, uh, be empowered by the Holy Spirit and put the missionary task in front of us and before us and let those things play off of one another as we continue to go out and, and try to catalyze movements and see Jesus worshiped all over the world. So thank you so much. It was, uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. Well, thank you, Joshua. I've enjoyed it very much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to see more episodes like this, go to patreon.com slash shifting culture and become a monthly patron of the show. You can help us produce more episodes so that we can see the body of Christ look more like Jesus. If you become a patron on patreon.com slash shifting culture, uh, you will get early access to episodes. You will get episode guides. You will get bonus shows, hopefully, and more. So go to patreon.com slash shifting culture and become a monthly patron. Also leave a rating and review on Apple podcasts. Uh, it really helps us out and helps us find new listeners to the show and just go and share this podcast with your friends, your family, your network, people that you think would enjoy it as well. Thank you again for listening to the show. I hope you have a great week.